Hello, and thank you for joining us on our Inspire Church podcast. It's our prayer that this message inspire you, that it builds your faith, and that it can help you see how God desires to move in your life. Enjoy the message. If I could take you on a bit of a journey that as a, as a kid, let's say I was about seven or eight or nine or maybe even younger, if I was laying in my bed at night and I heard thunder, or if lightning flashed through my window or there was just heavy rain, there was only one place that I was going and that would be flat strap into my parents' room, jump in between them, cuddle up to them because in that place, I would feel safe. It's also interesting too that living at home again, that if I was in trouble from my mum and dad, I had a place that I would go and hide. And that was a place they could never find, and that would be under the bed. We used to have storage packages under the bed, so I'd just go and hide myself there. What was I trying to do? I was trying to find a safe place. And I believe that each one of us, doesn't matter what's happening in life, we're always searching for a safe place, a place of protection. And I believe it's part of the human psyche where each one of us, we seek that safe place, whether it's intentional or sometimes we just do it out of instinct. We're just trying to find a safe place. And then as life goes on, we get these different coping mechanisms to help us in trying to locate safe places within our life. I want to read a couple of Psalms because I want to lay a great foundation for what I want to have to say today because I think it's vitally important. Psalms 91 and verse 1 reads like this, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Now, you'd have to agree, that would sound like a safe place dwelling in the bigness and goodness of God. And then you will say, I will say to the Lord what He is. He is my refuge. He is my fortress. In other words, He is my safe place. My God, in Him I will trust. Then there's another scripture, and I remember this one from Sunday school. And uh, my mother taught it to me, it was Psalms 46, verses 1 to 5. God is our refuge and strength. And listen to this, a very present help in time of trouble. So in trouble, He is a present help. Therefore, we will not fear, though the mountains be removed, though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, Though the waters roam and foam and be troubled, though the mountains shake at its swelling, and then it says, pause. What's God trying to tell us here? I believe what he's trying to tell us is that in him, we can have protection. In him, we can have a safe place. In the New Testament, he says, in him, you can have peace. I know these verses. Psalms 31 and verse 20, you shall hide them. This is God saying, you shall hide them in the secret place of your presence. Adam, there's something about presence. 
that when you're going through something, just knowing that someone is there with you and he's promised us his presence and it's also good to have the presence of peace people around us. Psalms 31 and verse 20, it says, you shall hide them in the secret place of your presence. There is nothing better than having people present within your life. But here it's more than just the presence of people, it's the presence of God. And he says, he will hide them from the plots of men. He shall keep them safely, secretly in a shelter from the strife of tongues. Psalms 34 and verse 7, giving you a lot of scripture here today. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him. And what does he do? He delivers them. This has got to be one of my favorite scriptures, Isaiah 54 and verse 17. It says, no weapon, come on, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. I can just see the enemy in his artillery room making up special artillery just for me, just for Bethany, Adam, Kelly, and the one sitting here. He's going to work. He's trying to get unique weapons. But the Bible says that no weapon formed against you shall prosper. It will not have its way. And any tongue that rises against you in judgment, good news today, you shall condemn. You don't have to carry everything people say. You can stand against the powers of darkness, stand against words of wickedness. And it says, this is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. It's our right. It's our God-given ability. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord and their righteousness is from me, saith the Lord. Ah, we've gone through that and I feel so pumped up. I feel so inspired right at this moment. I believe each one of those verses are God breathed into our life, that God wants to bless us. He wants to bless you. He wants to protect us. Why? Because our God is a good God. But come with me on a journey. We've established that God's good. Now, if you look at the book of Proverbs, and just an overview of the book of Proverbs, it tells us about godly character will generally lead us to success. You've got godly character, you are going to succeed. You go to the book of Ecclesiastes, and these are what we call the book of wisdom. And Ecclesiastes, interesting, counteracts what Proverbs says by warning that rewards are not guaranteed. Why? because of the crookedness and dishonesty that has come into our world. And I think we understand that. Then you go to the next book, which is the book of Job, and it goes further to explore how righteous people sometimes can suffer. But John, you just started off by saying how God looks after every person. Yes, he does. But let's go on a journey here today as we look at the life of one person called Job. Okay, so Job went through at least 12 months of hell. Listen, 12 months of uncertainty. 12 months of no answers. 12 months of no closure. 
And you could even see that the last few months that we've been through, you know, for some people, it's been eight or nine months of hell. Plenty of uncertainty, no answers, no closure. How is this all going to turn out? So on a bigger scale, this is what Job was going to do. So what do we do in those situations? If I'm in a situation where there's uncertainty, there's no answers, there's no closure, how's this going to turn out? I know what it does in me. It presses my anxiety button. It makes me so stressful because I don't see what God sees. And if we can remember this in our life as we go through this message today, we only see what we see. We're on an earthly level. God sits far above every principalities and powers. He sees everything that's happening on the earth, everything that will happen on the earth. And we just don't see what God sees. Now listen to this. Life is lived forward but we only understand it backwards. What does that mean? We can go through something and we just don't understand it. What is happening? Why is this loss? Why are we going through such a, a hardship? Why is there so much uncertainty? And we're living our life forward, but not to the, get to the other side many times do we really understand what was happening. Job 42 and verse 5. I know we're going right to the end, but let's get there and see what happens at Job at the end after he goes through all of his suffering. He says, I have heard of you by the hearing of the ear, but now going through what I've gone through, now my eye sees you. I see you as awesome. I see you as the one who has everything in control. Oh man, it's such a big difference between just hearing about God and having your eyes opened so you begin to see God in His goodness and His glory. Let's start this story. Job 1 and verse 1. There was a man in the land of us whose name was Job. That man was blameless, upright, and one who feared God and also shunned evil, who had nothing to do with it. We can easily see that Job was a good man. Now, in Job 1, 6 to 7, it says this, Now, there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord. I don't know what that would look like. All the spirits in the heavenlies, whatever in your imagination that would look like. And also, Satan came along as well. And the Lord said to Satan, isn't it amazing? Satan doesn't go to the front of the line. He had to wait his time to have a chat with God. Hey, Satan, get in your place. And the Lord said to Satan, hey, where have you come from? And Satan answered, Lord, and said, from going to and fro on the earth, walking backwards and forwards on it. What was he doing? He was just roaming around trying to pick a fight with someone. He was just trying to make it evil, make it hard for people on the earth. And he roams around everywhere. And then the Lord, gather this, the Lord said to Satan, hey, have you considered Job? God said in verses 8 and 9, there is none like him on the earth, Satan. He's blameless. He's an upright man, one who fears and shuns evil. And you just kind of think, good on you, God. 
I thought you were my shelter. I just thought you'd keep that one as a secret. There's plenty of other evil people on the earth. Look at that person. Look at that other person. Why don't you just kind of, you know, tell Satan to go get them? But verse 9 says, So Satan answered the Lord and said, Does Job fear God for nothing? What a question. Then Satan says in verse 10, says to God, Hey God, you've made a hedge around him. And not only around him, but around his household. And not only around his household, but on every side. You have blessed you have blessed the work of his hands and his possessions have increased in the land. I wonder how Satan knew there was a hedge around Job. I know, because Satan had tried so many times to get to him. But he couldn't because there was a hedge of protection around him and his family and everything he had was hedged in. And... Um, I just think today, sometimes we get all upset about how Satan has broken through the hedge. But I think as a church, why don't we just begin to thank God for the way God protects us? Why don't we just thank Him and just thank Him for the hedges around our lives, our families, around our goods, around our ministries, around our health, around our friends. Why don't we begin to say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God, you've set a hedge of protection around us. Thank God for what remains. Thank Him for His protection, His goodness that follows us all the days of our life. And then He says, now stretch out your hand and touch all that He has. This is the words of Satan. He only loves you because of what you do for him, the possessions and all the good things he has. But you, you stretch out your hand and touch him and he'll curse you to your face. And God says, okay, I'll lower my hedge of protection. You know what this is called? Controlled exposure. Good parents do this. You got a little child and gradually you begin to lift the hedge and you know now they can walk across the road by themselves or they can go for a swim by themselves or they can go out with friends or they can catch the bus by themselves. It's called controlled protection. And this is what God allowed to happen with Job. God gives permission to Satan, controlled exposure. But listen to this, we do have the armour of God. We still have the shield of faith. We still have the helmet of salvation. But God said, okay, let's lift this a bit. I want to read a scripture to you, 1 Corinthians 10, 13. It says, no temptation has overtaken you except what is common to man. And God is faithful. He will not let you to be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, for he will also provide a way of escape that you may endure it. I want you to pause there for a moment because what I believe the Apostle Paul is talking about in this scripture, he's talking about temptation in the area of moral activity. He's not addressing tragic circumstances or pain or suffering or loss or sickness that come our way. In the temptation, whatever you're going through, God will give you a way of escape. But what happens, God? When we're in a tragic situation, 
What happens when someone dies? What happens if there's sickness that just won't break and it's come our way? Let's look at Job's losses because the enemy begins to attack where the hedge is down. Job 1, 13 to 15 reads like this. Now there was a day when the sons and daughters were eating and drinking wine in the oldest brother's house. And a messenger came to Job and said, the oxen were plowing and the donkeys were feeding beside them. When the Sabinians, just a foreign country, raided them and took them away. Indeed, they have killed all the servants with the edge of the sword and I alone am left to escape to tell you the story. And while he was still talking, verse 16, another came also and said, the fire of God fell from heaven and burned up all the sheep. Oh, it smelled, it was a bad mess. And the servants and consumed them and I alone am escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking, verse 17, another also came and said, the Chaldeans, here's another foreign nation. The Chaldeans raised, raided us and the camels were taken away. Yes, and they killed the servants and I alone am left to tell you the story. While he was talking, verse 18, another came and said, hey, your sons and your daughters were eating and drinking in their eldest brother's house. Verse 19, and suddenly there came a great wind and it struck the four posts of the house. The house was collapsed and all your children are dead. And I alone am left to tell you. What is Job's response? I'm amazed at this. These are real life stories. Job's response in Job's 1, 20 to 21. Then Job arose, tore his robe, symbol of grief, shaved his head, another symbol of grief. And what does he do? He falls to the ground and he worships God. And as I look at this more and more, I just think, wow. And as he's on the ground worshiping God, he says this, the Lord gave and the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hey, my friends, I'm not going for a Job hit. I'm not going for any trial. But man, he got hit hard. What did he do? I get amazed what he did and what I would do. He gets down and he worships God. You see, you identify where your heart is when things get hit in your life. He went to his knees. He says, God, I don't understand this, but I worship you. You go to scene number two. This is in Job 2 and Satan turns up again. Again, there was a certain day when the sons of God came together and Satan presented himself and and the Lord said to Satan, where have you come from? Verse two, and Satan answered the Lord from going to and fro on the earth, walking backwards and forwards on it. Then the Lord said to Satan, hey, have you considered my servant Job? Here's another go. And if it was, if it was me, Job, before God had said, God, go and pick on someone else for a while. He said, there's none like him on the earth. He's blameless. He's upright and he fears God and shuns evil. 
And it says, and still he holds fast his integrity. Even though you've taken his family, everything that was near and dear to him, he still holds fast his integrity, his commitment to God. Even though you incite me against him to destroy him without cause. I want to tell you today, if the enemy's pushing against you, it doesn't mean the enemy has a cause. Sometimes he pushes against you without a cause. Just trying to get you to wear down and give up on God. So Aunt Satan answered and said to the Lord, skin for skin, yes, all man has, he will give for his life. But you stretch out your hand now and touch his bone, touch his bodies, and he will surely curse you to his face. Verse 6, and the Lord said to Satan, behold, <laughs> he is in your hands, but spare his life. Limited exposure. So Satan went out from the presence of the Lord in verse 7 and struck Job with painful boils from the sole of his foot to the crown of his head. And we see in these next verses that Job is in complete agony. He's got boils from his head right down to his feet. And where, is, where do we see him? He's sitting in an ash heap with a bit of broken pottery and he's scraping all the sores and the pussy areas are around his life and around his body and he sits there in the ashes. Then his wife said to him, hey, hey Job, why do you still hold fast your integrity? Why don't you just curse God and die? And he said to her, come on, come on, mum. You speak as one of the foolish women. You're not, but you're speaking as one. Do we accept just good from God and don't accept adversity? In all this, Job did not sin with his lips. You've got to hear this. They lost their animals. They lost their wealth. They lost their children. Lost everything near and dear to them. And I just know myself, if I hear of bad news, something's gone wrong, someone's been sick, I've lost some money, something else has happened, had an accident. What I'm waiting for the next time is bad news because continuous bad news creates bad belief and remember that your conclusions come from your belief and remember that Job had a faith and confidence in God that was unwavering he was sure that he was loved by God and believed in God the devil was after Job for him to turn his back on God. But Job did not allow the bad experiences to get within his mind where he just expected, oh, here's another bad thing. No, he kept his believing system, trusting in the living God. You see, the devil wasn't after Job's possessions or his health. You know what he was after? He was after his commitment to God. And anything that happens in your life, the devil's not so much after things. He's after your heart. He's after your commitment to the almighty God. And I find this, before the devil tries to take you down, he tries to weigh you out and he tries to weaken your resolve. And sometimes we get hit with wave after wave after wave. Not all the time, but what he's trying to do is to weigh you down, weigh you down. And then Job's friends turn up. 
And they came and sat around him and um, they didn't need to say anything. I know sometimes when I'm going through something, I don't need people to come and tell me, John, you shouldn't have done that. You should have done this. I just want people to sit there. And just by their presence being there, they are a support. Didn't the Holy Spirit say his presence would be there? He'd be present. It doesn't say that he'd be there kind of convicting you or he does convict you, but, you know, saying things that would, you know, lessen you as a person. No, his presence is there. Nothing needs to be said sometimes, just the presence. God questions Job. And the Lord answered Job and said to him in chapter 38, Who is this who darkens counsel without knowledge? And God says this to Job because God sees the end from the beginning. And he says, Job, great scripture, prepare yourself like a man. Don't get wimpy now. And this means literally prepare yourself like a mighty warrior. And he says, I will question you and you're going to answer me. Verse four, where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Tell me if you have understanding. Who made the earth? What do you know about God? He goes through all those verses trying to get Job to answer questions that he knew he didn't understand because Job wasn't there at the foundations of the earth. He didn't help God line out where the sea would go and where the mountains would go. And and Job just found himself, oh man, I don't know much at all. Chapter two, verse one, then Job answered and said to the Lord, I know that you can do everything and no purpose of yours can be withheld from you. You ask, who is this who hides counsel without knowledge? And Job begins to say, man, I've said things that I did know nothing about. Things too wonderful for me, which I did not know. Listen, please, let me speak. You said, I'll question you and you shall answer me. This is where he says this classic verse. He says, I have heard of you by the hearing of the ears. But going through this experience, my eyes are opened. Therefore, I abhor myself and I, and I repent in dust and ashes. Even though Job at the beginning was a pure, honest, integrous person, there were things in his life where he still didn't know the way that he should know. And through the experience, God took the scales off his eyes and began to reposition Job for a place of more blessing in his life. I want to encourage you today. I feel the Holy Ghost upon me. It's time for you to prepare yourself like a warrior. Whatever you've been through, allow the Holy Spirit, His presence within your life to begin to do something new. There may be questions you need to ask God, but listen to what God has to say. And this is the Lord's response. 42 verse 7, so it was after the Lord spoke these words to Job that the Lord said to Job's friends, my wrath is raised against you and your two friends, for you have not spoken to me what is right as my servant Job has. Now listen to this. Now therefore, take for yourself seven bulls, seven rams, go to my servant Job and offer up for yourself burnt offerings. Listen, and my servant Job shall pray for you. 
for I will accept him, lest I deal with you according to your folly, because you have not spoken of me what is right as my servant Job has. Just a little warning there. Hey, friend, watch what you say to those that are suffering. What I get amazed about these three wise men is they did have humility, so they went and did as the Lord commanded them. For the Lord had lifted up the face of Job. I just, this Job defeated. But through the whole situation, because of his desire to please God, God did not neglect him. He sensed that well-being of God within his life. He felt that God was vindicating him and he's lifted him up. And God says, hey, I've lifted up the face of Job. Hear this, verse 10. And the Lord restored Job's losses when he prayed for his friends. Indeed, the Lord gave twice as much as he had before. I want to tell you today, get a godly perspective. I don't understand everything. I go through things and I look back and you just say, oh, yeah, that does make sense. And I just want to finish off with this couple of verses, 42 and verses 11. Then all of his brothers, after Job began to receive blessing back into his life, and of all of his brothers and all of his sisters and all those who had been his acquaintance before came to him and ate food with him in his house. Hey, I just want to encourage you. If you've gone through something and people have neglected you, as God begins to bless you again, don't turn those people away. Joseph in the Old Testament, his brothers sold him out. But at the end, man, he brought them into his life, and he blessed them. Come on, don't get bitter and twisted. I believe that whatever you've gone through, whatever you lost, God's going to restore it, and he's going to bring blessing and people back into your life. Get ready for that to happen in Jesus' name. And it says, and they consoled him, and they comforted him for all the adversity that the Lord had brought upon him. Each one, I love this, I love, each one gave a piece of silver, and each one a ring of gold. And the Lord blessed the latter days of Job more than his beginning. Your now may not make sense, but understanding comes as you move forward. Keep a good spirit. And it says, and the Lord restored, and the Lord blessed. I want to encourage you that God is with you. He's behind you. He's all around you. He's got you covered. Sometimes hedges are, are lifted for some reason, but I want to encourage you, keep on trusting in the living God. He hasn't finished with you yet, and He's going to take you from glory to glory to glory. Even in this season, I see the darkness lifting. I see the clouds lifting. I see your eyes being opened for something that God has prepared for you in the ambiguity of what we've gone through and in the uncertainty, there's been a faith and trust in God. Let's keep doing it in Jesus' name. Thanks again for joining us. If you have any questions or simply for more information regarding Inspire Church, visit us at inspirechurch.com. You can also like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram. It's our prayer that you live inspired by the Word of God and more alive in Him than ever before. Until next time.